okay, maybe I'll share this anxiety attack after I feel better. And then I can say like, hey, I had this terrible anxiety attack, but everything's good now. And like, here was my transformation. Like we're so quick to like jump to the end and share the like overcoming part or the like, it all worked out and here's how I did it. You know, <laughs> five steps to like, you know, yeah. move on even, even though this happens. And I think it's so important to share it in the moment for one, just to be authentic and to be honest and be upfront with people. Um, because you never know if like, and I hate to even say it this way because it's going to go straight into a sales thing, but like, you don't know if the person who needs you as a client is also going through that and they have been waiting for somebody to actually be honest about it and just be upfront about it. Um, because otherwise I think we just get in this echo chamber of like success and it's just so stigmatizing. And I just don't think it serves anybody to like keep those stories secret anymore and only put out that you know, like good side or like the, you know, now everything's better side of things. Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment, and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am here with Juliet PA. Uh, the fact that I got that right, it was good for me to ask ahead of time because I had it pronounced wrong twice uh, and she corrected me. So that's good. We're off to a good start. Uh, Juliet is a personal brand coach. Uh, you hear this story so often from me, which was we met on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just a fantastic platform for people to connect, to get to know each other. Uh, one of the things I should say, and uh, we're not really going to talk about, I don't think that much of her profession and be in personal branding. But one of the things that I do love about LinkedIn is, you know, it, it was labeled such just a, a, a nothing but a, a resume builder for a long time, business platform. And then as people have injected more of their personal story into that, there's been a lot of pushback and complaint, just people saying, you know what, this is too personal. I don't want this to be Facebook. I don't want this to be whatever. I actually love it. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some bad to it, but I love it because we're getting to hear each other's personal stories, which is what really connects human beings to human beings. So I met Juliet through there. Uh, we connected. We had a brief conversation and she shared just a few things with me that I thought were super profound as we continue down this path of understanding how our past hurt, heartache, tragedy, struggle, and challenge really hinders us from being all that we are created to be. But once we attack it and address it, uh, we start to realize that there is so much more ahead for us. So with that, for the moment, Juliet, welcome to Authentic Conversations. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. It is so surreal to be here because yeah, I followed you on LinkedIn for years. I maybe commented here and there, but I've definitely been like a scroller where I'm pretty sure every time you post, it ends up on my timeline. Um, So I feel like I've kind of watched you for a long time. So it's exciting. I feel like we've been engaging more. And so um, thanks for having me. I'm excited to have an authentic conversation. Yeah, me too. Me too. And thank you for following. You know, I, I, I love that in the sense of, um, you know, again, it's so great to just 
observe and get to know people, I think that it's easy for us to uh, assume things about people because they're trying to put their best foot forward or because maybe they we happen to catch something they say and it just is off-putting to us. But when we observe over a long period of time, we really do get to form hopefully the right story in our head that is a little bit more holistic to who they are. So it's super cool to connect with people after long periods of time. Um, okay, so uh, I want to jump right in because there was something that you shared with me when we had a conversation offline just a couple of weeks back, uh, and, and you were saying that there was this point in your life where you started to feel like your work was your identity, and I think that whether we want to admit that or not, at one point or another, maybe right now for a lot of people, I mean, when when somebody is to ask you, like, you know, who are you? One of the first things that people lead out with is I am a and then it's, you know, mm-hmm. their title or their label. And and it's not necessarily that that's the worst thing in the world, but it can really do a disservice to who we are as a human being. And you realize that for yourself, that your work wasn't your identity, though it was an extremely important part of who you were. So. Uh, tell me a little bit about and really tell the audience a little bit about kind of that moment in life for you, maybe what kind of got you there. And then uh, and then we'll just go from, you know, how how that's impacted you since. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my struggle with identity is I feel like it's just common for a lot of people. And I mean, I'm a personal brand coach. I help people kind of like start talking about their identity a little bit more openly. Like you were talking about LinkedIn being so personal. I help people share their personal stories. Um, but for me specifically, I went out on my own as an entrepreneur just a couple years ago. And before that I was in corporate jobs where like, okay, this job is going to be, you know, who I am. And then this job is going to be who I am. And I, I'm the third of three kids. And so I feel like I kind of was born with like something to prove. Um, And I always wanted like my manager stamp of approval, um, other people stamp of approval and going out on my own. I felt like I had this like sense of freedom to, you know, do what I want and be who I want, which lasted for maybe like two seconds. Because then when you're trying to show up online, you feel like you have to put on this like professional persona. Um, You want people to think you're like successful from the get go, even if you aren't yet. Um, you want to like impress all of your clients. And a lot of that became um, just kind of like an attachment to validation, especially online. Like you want every post you make to get the likes and the and engagement. And those aren't bad things. Like it's not, you know, evil to like have those. But when you're so caught up in that and thinking like, what are people thinking of me? And, and do they do they like me? Um, do they agree with me? And I always had in the back of my head, like, you know, those bosses that I had that didn't invest in me, I'm going to show them how, you know, that they were wrong and that they should have invested in Mm. me. And a lot of people use that as like their fuel for success. But for me, that became kind of overbearing. And it made me very anxious to always have in the back of my mind, like, what are they thinking? Um, And I, I can't pinpoint like an exact moment, but I just started realizing more and more probably just through like God's revelation that, I was wasting so much time and so much mental and emotional energy being stuck on that, that I kind of had to surrender it and just say like, okay, my identity is not on being, you know, in my email every single weekend. My identity is not in my revenue. My identity cannot anymore be like in my work. It just has to be in Christ. And that's something that I have said before, like that my identity is in Christ since the day that I became a Christian, but like, 
accepting that as a reality and really realizing like I have to detach and I have to set up those boundaries and also speak differently about who I am and what I do. Um, that has been a big lesson and just turning point. I feel like in the last few months. Yep. Yep. Okay. So as you were saying identity, uh, quite a few times, uh, it started to get me to think that like, we use that term a lot. Um, definitely, you know, even as Christians, it's like, you know, my identity is in Christ. But that word I feel like is so massive and so ambiguous and, you know, at, at its kind of like root, foundation, floor, like utter simplicity, um, you know, it, it, it's just like really being who we are. It is really the mm-hmm. idea of identity, which even then it's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so uh, uh, for you, like how, like how, how did you see, how did you see yourself? Like how, 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 how yeah. How, how did you, un- who did you understand yourself to be? Even as you said, your identity was wrapped up in your work. Like, what did that mean? Because I think there's a lot of people that are really confused with, I mean, there's a lot of confusion around people and who mm-hmm. they are today, but uh, specifically with you, like how, how did you, how did you understand yourself? How were you observing yourself to be? Yeah. I think I observed myself as someone really competitive. Um, Mm. And I think that that goes along with just that eagerness for success and wanting to have the appearance of being more successful. So if I was, you know, tagged in uh, a Facebook post for somebody looking for, I, I was a copywriter before I was a personal brand coach and I do still do copywriting, but like I wanted to give like the friendliest comment back. I wanted to DM them. I wanted to like, name drop or talk about like the work that I did. And again, there's still nothing wrong per se with doing that. It's just that I was so convinced that like, I had to just push this like, successful, most helpful, most eager, you know, person. And I think that's where I didn't have any any boundaries and why I would be on the phone. It would be like, Oh, you know, sorry, friends and family, I'm busy on the phone because I'm an entrepreneur and you don't understand. And there's so much advice about that. Like I'm in enough groups where, you know, especially women, and I'm sure it's the same for men as if you say like, Hey, I'm really struggling. I have meetings throughout the day. My kids don't understand. Or my husband doesn't understand. The first advice you're given is like, well, they don't support you and they're terrible and you should get divorced because Mm. you're, you know, like your entrepreneurship is just the most important thing you're following your passion. And it's like, no, that is not helpful. Um, and so to wrap ourselves in, in to work as our identity and then kind of say, forget any type of healthy habits, forget healthy relationships, um, forget any accountability for ourselves. I just find that to be really harmful. And, but it's like the narrative that's pushed that like, you know, if you want the best out of life, then that's what you have to do. And I understand that there's, sacrifice that comes with trying to do great work or trying to like achieve big goals. But I always ask like for myself at what cost, like at what cost Mm. do I want my identity to be in this compared to, um, you know, what it really should be and what's going to be healthy. Yeah. Gosh, you you said so many things there that I think are, are so, so no, no, it's, it's good. I mean, there's just so much there that is so, um, important for us to consider as we think about ourselves, because, um, you know, 
I'm not a woman, um, you know, and so it's definitely a little bit different. Uh, I'm married to one, raising two daughters, um, but very much, very much of it applies to men too. So much of the world has really just closed down in on us, and and it's like. The big narrative right now is be happy with who you are and be satisfied Mm -hmm. in your own skin, yada, yada, yada. It's like all this stuff, which, again, that's that's great, except for the fact that the what what everybody is really saying is be really happy with yourself and be comfortable in your own skin as long as you and then just lists a laundry list of things i mean we were just talking about this in church yesterday like the 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 imposing will that comes even through the church which is so dangerous to women which is like if you are not a wife and a mother um you just are you haven't arrived yet um yeah, and yeah. you know Yeah. And then like, you know, into, you know, again, the business world, it's like, if you have not accomplished X, Y, or Z, you just haven't arrived yet. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, definitely. Mm -hmm. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to get better. But at the same time, like, can't I just be happy with where I am and who I am? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And I will say one thing that I see is sad and frustrating is like, I have friends who are the wife of then the successful man and they're like begging for him to be home, like, you know, or begging for him to be off of his phone sometimes. And for him, it's like, well, I'm creating generational wealth. And so therefore I can dismiss you for like a decade. Um, or, you know, I need your support in these areas and in relationships, like I just find it so sad that there's so much, of like a cultural narrative that's only based on one person and doesn't take into account the other person's feelings. Um, and I think that that's where like, so my husband's also an entrepreneur. And so we both have, you know, our passions in our, in our work. And we've had to come to a point where we realize like, you know, evenings and weekends are family time. And Mm -hmm. every now and then if we have to catch up on work, we're at least going to try to do it together and not go, you know, shut off. Like he does HVAC. And so I'll ride on the truck with him sometimes on the weekends if he has a call and like, I'll try to get my work done, but we really prioritize each other. Um, and that I feel like, you know, as much as people will say, you got to grind and it's going to be worth it in the end, like 50 years from now when your kids are living on, you know, acres and you have a legacy and stuff, that's all fine and good. But like, are your grandkids going to come see you on your deathbed after all of that? Or are they just going to be like, okay, I have, you know, grandpa's money. And, um, I think it's important to redefine success. And I'll say as far as identity is concerned too, I think we get so close to like labeling identity so much. And, um, I think of identity now as almost more of a fluid thing. So like when my identity is in Christ, it's because I'm thinking like, what does he want me to be thinking about? What does he want me to be acting upon? What does he want me to have, you know, top of mind? Um, And so it's not just like a blanket label of like, I'm a Christian, therefore my identity is in Christ. It's now, what does my lifestyle look like day after day after day in every decision and every second that I'm like living my life? Whereas before it was more money focused. Like, is this decision Uh going to be for work and for money? Um, Are the things around me going to be about work and money? And it's just kind of that switch into like, what's my North star. And at the end of the day, when I, you know, go to bed at night, like what is a successful day. And for me 
now it's not as much like closing clients. I mean, I still do that, but it's not so much like, did I close a client today? It's more so like, did I honor God on what I did today? Yeah, no, that's so good. Well, I mean, and it is so important like to be successful and success yeah. is defined very differently for every single person. And so for somebody that's going to be a eight figure entrepreneur and another person that's just going to be, you know, simply providing a, a, a normal lifestyle for themselves or their family. Um, but it, it is, it's important to do that. But I think that at the end of the day, most people will always default to prioritizing material wealth over personal well-being, um, over yeah. that sense of self. I mean, I, I remember, you know, you talked about in there, like, you know, uh, uh, in our previous conversation that, you know, through this period of time that it really started to hinder your own self-confidence to create some sense mm -hmm. of like doubt. And it's like, of course it does, because when we are even when we're trying to fight against it, when we're constantly measuring ourselves up or other people are measuring us up against the material success of others, we are always going to be behind. You know, I mean, there's just yeah. no like there's no end to chasing that. And so for yeah. you, as you in the past and maybe even now have wrestled through that idea of self-doubt and struggling with self-confidence. Um, what, what's that been like for you and what are some of the ways that you've tried to encourage yourself out of that or surround yourself with people that are doing that? Like, what's that been like? Yeah, it's still so hard and it's, it's not just like, you know, a, a one-time deal where it's like, okay, all my problems are gone. Um, <laughs> but I will say for self-doubt, so I am a copywriter and personal brand coach. So my personal brand coaching is now kind of coming to the forefront, but a lot of what I still do is copywriting. And so people call it like the creative process and they make a joke out of it where it's like, you have a great idea and then you work on that great idea. And then all of a sudden you think it's the worst idea in the world. And then you finally put it out into the world and you think it's terrible. And then you get some feedback and then it's actually good and people like it. And then, you know, your cup is filled back up and you're, and you're happy and everything turned out. Okay. Um, and then you go on to the next project and you question if you're good at anything again. And that's just kind of like the process. And it's laughed about, but I'm also like, it's exhausting. Like It is so mm. exhausting to go through those thoughts of self-doubt and feeling like, you know, you don't ever know if you're any good at anything. And now um, I kind of just go from the beginning that I just take it as a process and that the end result doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad. It's just that I'm going to do my best to get an assignment done to the best of my ability and know that the gifts that I'm using while I'm, you know, doing these projects have been given to me by God and that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and I'm capable to be creating art in the first place. And, um, I enjoy it so much more without thinking, you know, is it going to be good or bad? Now, of course I have clients, so they are still going to tell me, <laughs> you know, they're going <laughs> to give me feedback on if it's like on par or if it's not, but um, that's just another point again, where like, I'm not so wrapped up in like, you know, am I a good writer? Am I a good coach? Um, it's more so just like, I'm doing the best that I can with what I've been given. And the source of that is, um, you know, from my creator. And I feel like I'm living out my purpose more so rather than trying to like benchmark, you know, my, my quality of being so much. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, I don't know about you, but I never have had the fortune of having God audibly speak to me and tell me that what I'm doing is what he wants me to do. <laughs> yeah. And so um, that, that, that alone can be hard because it's like, this is what I feel called to do. And mm-hmm. this is what I feel good at. This is what feels good when I do it. But w- what are some other practical things that you have used to give you the confidence to know that you are doing what you believe you're called to do and to overcome those difficult circumstances or moments when you feel like, gosh, Maybe this isn't what I'm what I'm cracked up to be, or this isn't what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. I should be doing something else. I need to go get a W two yeah. job again. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So I also have not had God audibly speak to me as far as like be a writer, um, <laughs> but I in my experience so far, I've had the opportunity to try out different things, and um, I have had jobs where I just knew that they absolutely were not the right fit at all. And those are things that I prayed about. And, um, I read a book, I think it's called, um, just do something maybe by Keith DeYoung or Kevin DeYoung. I don't remember, but he does talk about like, what is like the will of God is not something that he's like, okay, I've assigned you a path and I'm going to keep it a secret and you have to decode it and you have to figure it out. (laughs) Um, It's more so just like, Hey, if it's not wrong and you like doing it, then keep doing that. Um, Mm. And that is where I feel like for me, I've found that like writing is my thing. Coaching other people is my thing. Um, And it's been going well. And so unless a huge red flag comes up where I feel called to do something else, um, then I'm going to kind of keep going on this course. But for me, it's been something that I have enjoyed doing since I was in high school. Um, Mm. And like I said, I've, I've done different things. Like I worked in commercial real estate for a little bit um, more admin. So, and then same at like a law firm, like I've had lots of different um, places where I've been, where I could have chosen a track to go a different like career path, but even in all those jobs, I was like, I just want to be writing. I just want to be writing. Mm. I just want to be writing. Um, and so I've just kind of like solidified, you know, if this is in my mind this much, then it's probably for a reason. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I think that's helpful because again, um, I, I, I take all of my entrepreneur clients, most salespeople through this exercise, either when I'm coaching them one-to-one or when they're in one of my programs, and I try to help them understand who they are and, and, and what they've been created mm-hmm. to do. Even even for some of them that don't assign God as the creator of, of them, you know, and it's like, but like, yeah. what, you know, what, what, are you, what are you here to do? And it's just always so fascinating because it's not something that most people actually take the time to consider. And then it's very hard to measure. And so it does involve a lot of times feeling. Um, The scary thing, I guess, is I'm dating myself here. I guess it still runs now. But, you know, the early days of American Idol, when we used to watch it and, you know, that person would get up there and they thought that they just killed it. And in reality, they almost killed everybody by singing the thing that they did. And and it was like, you should never do that again, ever. I don't care how much you love it. Like that was terrible. And so it's just such a hard thing to discern um, because even when you love it, 
you may suck. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you just, it, you know, there, there needs to be so much wisdom that you are using, that you are bringing in from outside, that you're gaining affirmation in the right ways from other people to help reinforce yeah. that. It's just a battle. Yeah. And I, I think it's a good thing for someone to go down a direction and be like, Hey, this is what I think I'm good at. This is what I enjoy doing. What others agree with me. And if they say yes, then like keep going. Um, but at the same time, if they're like only finding their worth in that, then I think that that can be difficult. And I've also seen people that have been like completely prepared to go to the mission field and they're like, okay, God, we're ready. And they get like rejected from like a mission board Mm -hmm. or something. So they go get other jobs. And then a decade later, it's not that it was wrong for them to do that. It's just that maybe that wasn't the right time. And it's not that they would have been like bad missionaries, but like the plan just was not completely aligned in that moment. And then a decade later, they do get on the mission field. Like I heard of one who got like invited to then be on the mission field. And then they did that. So they still had that ministry. So I do feel like it's a little complicated as far as defining like, what are you good at and what are people agreeing that you're good at and what opportunities do you have? I mean, I could say all day long that I, you know, want to be like an astronaut, but if I don't have the resources like (laughs) to go do that, then it's just not going to happen. Like sometimes you got to make the best of what's in front of you. Um, But that I think that there's some tension in between doing what you're good at and that people are encouraging you towards, but also what do you do if you're like in the face of failure? And we also have the narrative that like, you're supposed to try a hundred times, like, you know, Um, don't, don't give up, like keep trying, keep practicing. And so I think that that point of deciding, um, you know, am I taking the easy way because I can't do anything else? Or am I going to keep fighting for something, even though everyone's telling me I'm, I'm wrong? Like, I feel like that's hard and that's very individual for a lot of people. Yeah. So one of the other things that you you mentioned earlier, and then it just has kind of popped back into my head as we've talked about this, this idea of maybe even like failing from time to time. So, uh, you know, you, you just talked about the fact that, you know, online um, there there is this this not just need, but a good bit of wisdom in putting your best foot forward, right? I mean, there, mm-hmm. there, there's a difference in posing in front of a Ferrari that was parked out in front of a restaurant that you don't own, but saying you own it to look like you made a lot of money. Uh, and another yeah. thing to make sure that when you show up online, that your hair's done and you're dressed nice and you've got good lighting or whatever. So like, there, there's wisdom in doing that. But how have you handled since and through this journey of just continued self-discovery and growth and leaning into you yourself and you as the brand coach and you as the writer, how do you deal with putting the not so great stories out there? Like your, the struggles that go on in your head. And, and, and maybe I'll start by just saying like, you know, when I, um, so I, I, experienced horrific tragedy back in 2017, uh, was in, uh, in, in the audience of a mass shooting and lost a friend. Mm-hmm. And so like when I shared that, you know, everybody piles in support. It's like, oh my gosh, I can totally understand, you know, you struggle. That's so sad. And it's great. And, and it's super helpful. But fast forward two years, uh, 2019, I had an absolute anxiety attack. I'd never experienced it in my life. I mean, I was, I was in the corner of my office, crawled up into almost a ball, calling my wife, begging her to pray for me because I couldn't even function. And Mm -hmm. the thought of, which I ended up doing it, but the thought of sharing that online was 
terrifying, not because I was afraid of people knowing that I had an anxiety attack, but because I'm a performance coach and I'm trying to convince other people to come work with me to build a stronger mindset and have better habits and to do better things. And it's like, if I share that, that's a crack in the armor, you know? So that's scary. So how have you approached that same thing? Because I'm sure that you still experience struggle from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's incredibly important to share those stories Um, because the thing is, that moment or even those moments that are happening while you are, you know, being the performance guy and talking about that, that is going to be a moment that grows you. And I think so often we like hold and we wait like, okay, maybe I'll share this anxiety attack after I feel better. And then I can say like, Hey, I had this terrible anxiety attack, but everything's good now. And like, here's my transformation. Like we're so quick to like jump to the end and share the like, overcoming part or the like it all worked out and here's how I did it you know (laughs) five steps to like you know move on even even though this happens and I think it's so important to share it in the moment for one just to be authentic and to be honest and be upfront with people um because you never know if like and I hate to even say it this way because it's going to go straight into a sales thing but like you don't know if the person who needs you as a client is also going through that and they have yeah. been waiting for somebody to actually be honest about it and just be upfront about it um because otherwise I think we just get in this echo chamber of like success and it's just so stigmatizing and I just don't think it serves anybody to like keep those stories secret anymore and only put out that you know, like good side or like the, you know, now everything's better side of things. Um, I had another thought about sharing those stories. I think also it gives a chance for communities to just support each other. And also if you put that out there and then someone who's like 10 years ahead of you can say, Hey, that happened to me five years ago. Like it just gives you that opportunity to connect and, be, um, you know, authentic and open with the people that either need to hear it because they've gone through it and they are going to be looking to you for help or like companionship there or someone yeah. who can can give you that advice and say like, hey, you know, I'm going to pray for you, even though I've never met you. Like, you never know. LinkedIn's a wild world. But um, yeah. yeah, those yeah. are those are some of my thoughts on I think it's important to always share those things. And I'll be honest, too. Um, that's what I love about being in mastermind, because I'm in so many masterminds um, with people who like if you looked at their website or you looked at their testimonials or you looked at their LinkedIn profile, you would think that they, you know, have everything like perfect. And especially these last few months as the economy is changing. I have several friends who have, you know, posted like, I just lost my biggest retainer client, or I just lost a $12,000 deal, or I just lost, you know, like half my clients. And it's, it's important to be in community and realize like, not everybody has it, uh, you know, picture perfect, like we think they do. Yeah, I think that that's, I think that that's really wise. And I wish more people would really believe that by being honest and being authentic appropriately, right? I mean, there, there's a time and a place to share specific details, but I wish that people really believed that by being honest and authentic and putting themselves out there in that way would actually attract the right people to yeah. them, the right friendships, mm-hmm. the right business relationships. I mean, everybody, I, I, I think I can probably say this, everybody that I do business with, 
before they commit to working with me or shortly thereafter will tell me that the reason that they're committing to work with me or chose to was just as much, if not more, because of who I was than mm-hmm. what I can do for them. Yeah. And I just w- wish more people would take that to heart. And it's scary. I understand why it's like, I don't know. I mean, even you and I, like, it's comfortable because we're both coming from the same place. But like, we talk about Christianity and immediately, you know, 40 something percent of the world's like, screw you. You know, I, I want nothing yeah. to do with you because they don't understand. Yeah. And um, and so, yes, it's dangerous. Yes, it's costly. Yes. You know, there, there's so many. It's it's it, it, it's fearful. Like, I don't. There's certain times I'm going to share something. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to say this out loud, you know, but I just believe that it's, it's what we're called to do. We need to trust Mm -hmm. in, I say we need to trust in God. I guess some people can say trust in the process. Um, but we just need to lean into who we are and then watch this, just this magic that happens as the result of that. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like we sometimes forget to invite God into all those moments, like mm. as silly as it might sound to just like surrender, you know, those, those vulnerable posts to God, like you don't know what opportunities are going to come out of that, that he might be using not from a business perspective, but truly just from like a fellow believer or from a neighbor. Like how can we bless our neighbors on LinkedIn? How can we, um, you know, bless other fellow believers? And that's what I think is cool about LinkedIn. It's like, I think I've met more Christian business owners on LinkedIn than I have some anywhere else. A lot of them, they'll have it in their title. I don't personally right now. I might someday. Um, but I think it's really cool to see how we connect with people um, along those lines. And it's, it is nice that I know in my head, like if I wanted to work with a Christian live streamer or a Christian performance coach or a Christian, whatever, like I would be able to find them on LinkedIn. And I think that's really special. And I don't only work with like Christian, you know, business owners, but if I wanted to, it's nice that, people have been willing to be, um, you know, authentic enough to put that out there. And I think that's really cool. And it's same for other people. Other people might be looking for other, like, I guess, labeled, you know, business owners, but it's really cool. If you put it out there, you'll find people that are more aligned with you. And I think business just feels better that way. Yeah. No, it's so true. It's so true. It's like, we're not creating an an echo chamber. We're creating alignment around values, which is what ultimately gets us to do the best work. Yep, for sure. Okay. So final question uh, would be, um, you know, there were, there was this point and I know you don't know the moment, but you know, there was a season of life where you just felt so wrapped up in what you were doing. And that was causing you to have a jaded uh, view, uh, a clouded view of who you were all these years later, here you are uh, married, running, running a successful business. So definitely there's indicators outwardly of greatness that has been achieved as the result of leaning into the the right uh, identity. But internally, why is Julia a better person because of this transformation that you've that you've had? Yeah, I am a better person person. Wow. it feels so weird to say out loud. It sounds so like conceited. Um, no, I'm great because, um, I think I bring it. I want, you know, by by the way, real quick, I I think this is so important, right? Because boost here. Yeah. I mean, like people need to be able to out loud say, this is why I am amazing. 
If they yeah. honestly believe in their own heart, they are like, we fear these things for sake of judgment or mm-hmm. discounting it or whatever. And so I don't think I've ever asked it this directly, but I'm glad you get to go. And so you get yeah, to lead the way you. for everyone that's going to listen. Perfect. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I could say I'm a better person for realizing and understanding the anxiety that I've been through because it definitely makes me a more empathetic person and it makes me so much more present to the people around me. If I had not realized that so much of my mindset was consumed in like, what does my old boss think of me? Um, I wouldn't be able to have the compassion for other people that say that same thing. And I think when we really recognize our internal struggles and we say them out loud, you kind of realize like, that's a little ridiculous, but it's like, that's okay. Like it's better to say it out loud and kind of like identify it and then, you know, tell it to step aside than to just have it internally. Um, And I don't think as many people realize what's really going on in their head because it just seems like, oh, I'm just replaying this conversation in my head because I could have said something different. And a lot of people don't realize that that is anxiety. <laughs> I know that I didn't. I didn't realize that like having these negative thoughts that people are are thinking you know, about me or, or talking about me um, was anxiety. And so I'm a better person um, just b- from the empathy standpoint, but also it's allowed me to realize, okay, if I'm going to be worrying about my clients all weekend, I'm not present with my family. I need to turn my phone off. I need to get off social media. I need to turn my email off, especially because I'm always checking my email. <laughs> um, and it's made, it's made me a better wife. It's made me a better daughter. It's made me a better sister, a better, um, you know, church member. Like it just made me a better person because I'm able to be present and really protect those relationships that I consider a priority in my life. And to me, success at the end of the day is going to be those relationships versus whatever, you know, job I'm doing or whatever my business looks like. And so, um, I don't think that I would have such boundaries and protection over that if I hadn't gone through that like Valley of anxiety. That was amazing. I hope that if you listen back to any part of this is just you just listen back to that clip over and over and over again, because you should be so proud of yourself. I mean, I think that that was just awesome. And while I'm sure we could have had a great conversation years ago when you were in the midst of your own valley of the shadow of death. um, But I'm thankful for the growth because it's created a much better discussion around this journey that we're all on. And I love the fact that you said that it's not over. You know, it, it, yeah, there's, there's constant battles every day. But um, yeah, I just I, I appreciate your authenticity and your willingness to just open up and share that. And I'm, I'm I can see why people would love to engage with you because uh, we we want real, and you just you seem to do that so well. So thank you. Thanks so much. Absolutely. All right, guys, that's it. I don't know if you want it to be over, but it's over. Um, As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, no, if you have any questions or comments for Juliet, no concerns, concerns can come to me. But if you have any questions or comments for Juliet, (laughs) we'll put her contact information into the show notes. You can reach out to her there. Uh, If you have any concerns uh, or questions or comments for me, you know where to find me. Thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I just love being able to do this to meet a 
amazing people like Julia and have conversations like the ones that we do. I hope they're encouraging to you. I hope they are more than anything causing you to just look at yourself as, as, as the men and women that you've been created to be and striving to be the best version of that in whatever you have been called to do. So that wraps up another episode of Authentic Conversations. Thank you so much, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com slash podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller, and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.